taking communion was, a, was an act of defiance, right? That it, that it stood in the face of evil. And I remember as soon as he said that, I was like, as soon as, he gives, as soon as that song starts, I'm up. I'm going. And I felt like I was walking down here like I was walking into a fight, right? I'm coming up, and I'm taking communion. It had a whole different feel. And I hope that as we gather together, we don't minimize what an impact that has on the world, right? That even though we're here in our neighborhood, in our city, in our state, and we're, we're you know, we're a small portion of that, the, the reality that we get together, even though we may not be in the best of spaces or we may be in the best of spaces, uh, has an impact, and it makes a statement uh, in, in the world. And so that's why I say it is a delight to see you all, because there's something good about us being together. Having said that, having uh, us gathered together, will you please join me as I pray? Dear God, I give you thanks for this day. I give you thanks for each person that you have brought here, that for some unique reason you are choosing to speak to those gathered here today in a unique way that, that couldn't happen in the same way if one single person that's here was gone. So Lord, there is something you want to tell this group in this moment today. I pray we would be attentive what you have for us. I pray, Spirit, that you would move in our hearts and stir in us that we would be able to better hear what it is that you have to say to us. I pray that we would respond in ways that give you glory. And we ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, uh, each year we plan out our sermon series through the whole year. So we, we have everything planned out from September all the way through to the end of August. And in there, we intentionally put some, almost what we want to call kind of floater Sundays, where, where we don't necessarily have anything planned, but we want to leave space if we have missionaries coming through, or if we have some topic that we want to address um, that, that's not in our planned series. Um, and so we have two weeks right now where we're kind of in this in-between space, in-between series. And, and we just finished up the As We Go series, where we looked at all these uh, stages and, and reflected on different themes of being on a journey. And then uh, in two weeks, we're going to be starting our Advent series, uh, What We Are Waiting For, where we're going to be exploring um, some passages from the book of Isaiah, looking at the reality that we're all waiting for something, and that Advent has something to do with that. But right now, we're in this in-between space. And so there's two topics we're going to cover over the next two weeks. Today, we're going to be talking about missions and what it means that, that we support missionaries and all that kind of stuff. And then next week, we're going to talk about giving and, and how that impacts us and, and impacts the church. Now, in, in the world of, of the church today, we hear this word or some variation of it, mission, we hear it a lot, right? We hear about um, being a missional church and, and what that means. We hear about the mission of Jesus. We, we Churches spend a lot of time and energy crafting and putting together very uh, cleverly worded mission statements. Uh, and then there's this other word, missions, that gets thrown in there. So today, we're going to explore what that is. And for many churches, it's the part of the church that supports and or sends followers of Jesus who have discerned a call or ascending to a vocation of going and making disciples in a certain place. And it's participating in God's movement to reconcile all things to himself. The people who are called to do this are called missionaries, and they go all over the planet. Now, the great thing about that is that from the very get-go, it means we're all technically missionaries, 
We all are going somewhere, even if it's I'm going from one room in my house to another room in my house or out to the front porch to get the paper or to the store or to work or to school or to church. As we go, we're called to be missionaries. But as I mentioned, there are some people who are called to leave what they would call their home and make a new home somewhere else. And these people go all over the world. Wealthy countries, impoverished countries, places where there's a mild climate, places where there's a harsh climate, places where there aren't animals that can kill you if they bite you, and places where all the deadliest animals in the world seem to be gathered in one. Hello, Australia. Um, But they go to all kinds of different places for all kinds of different reasons. We as an Assemblies of God church are part of a movement that takes this very seriously. The Assemblies of God is one of the largest sending movements in history and has been that way since its very beginning and continues to be that way today. Within the Assemblies of God, you have what they call their missions ministry. And within that, there are two uh, divisions. There's a division of U.S. or home missions. And within the division of U.S. or home missions, we have groups like Chi Alpha Campus Ministry, which is the uh, Assemblies of God outreach to the secular university. We have Compassion Ministries, which is organizing people and resources to help meet the needs of the poor, uh, the hungry, uh, people with disabilities, all kinds of different people that fall under the Compassion Ministry category. We have Chaplaincy. We have Intercultural Ministries. We have Teen Challenge. We have a lot going on at home. We also have World Missions, which is overseas or outside the U.S. And the mission statement of the World Missions Group is to reach people, to plant churches, to train disciples, and to serve the local communities they are in. And there's a cycle here, because sometimes we, and I want to make clear that when we think about reaching people, and this happens too, but we often think, and and history has revealed, that sometimes we go into a place and just kind of take over, right? Oftentimes, in in the history of Christian missions, people have gone in and said, well, what needs to happen is we need to eradicate this culture and and sort of assimilate them to, to our culture, and then they'll do the things we do. But what happens is, and when you have this kind of cycle of reach, plant, train, and serve, is that serve and reach kind of become this, this point in this circle where they meet. And so when they go and reach, they're reaching by serving. So they're going into these cultures, and instead of trying to eradicate them, they're now going in, and they're adopting these cultures in a lot of ways, and they're finding ways within that culture to serve and love the people they're going to minister to. And then out of that relationship, they're finding new avenues to share and to reach people. Well, so that's, that's great, but where does this come from, this idea? Well, it comes from God's mission. God's mission is to reconcile and redeem all things. Now, if we look at 2 Corinthians five sixteen through 21, it says this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore... Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us 
so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In this passage, this word reconcile occurs several times. And it's important for us to understand what it means. Reconcile in this context means to restore in relationship. When we look at the term reconcile outside of that, people will use it in terms of I have to reconcile my bank account. And, and what they mean by that is I have to make it good. I have to make it meet and work. And when we're talking about God reconciling all things, including people, what it means is restoring people to a relationship with himself. What we read in this passage, though, this fantastically crazy thing is that God is asking us to participate with him in that. That it's not the fact that God's just going to like sprinkle some magic dust and everyone's going to change, but God has asked us, invited us to participate with him in the work of reconciling all things to himself. We are Christ's ambassadors. Followers of Jesus are to be his image in this world. We are to look like him, to be like him, and to do the things that he did in our context. And I believe that God has invited us to be part of this reconciling work of his, not only in that he invites us to do it, but in a way that is really significant, in a way that makes a difference, in a way that can frustrate him, in a way that can make him really happy. I remember a friend of mine, and some of you have heard this story before. Um, when Angie and I uh, moved into the house we're in, we uh, had this vision to have college students live with us. And one of the keys when you have college students living with you is you have to have a big dining room table uh, because they eat a lot. And you, we wanted everyone to be gathered around the table, kind of family style. And so we went to this friend of ours who's a very skilled woodworker and said, all the tables we've looked at that are big, like they... They're not sturdy, right? We need something that's going to last for years. We can't be buying a new table every year. And trust me, the wear and tear that a group of college students can put on a table is immense. And so we went to this friend, and I basically told him, I need a table that I can dance on, like for a long time. Not one dance, but I'm going to be there all night. And he was like, okay, fantastic. And he said, now I tell you what, I'll make this table for you, and I'll give it to you for cost if you come and help me. And I figured, fine, I'm going to go... And, and I'm going to hold wood for him. You know, I'm just going to grab a piece and give it to him. Or I'm going to go run and get coffee for him or something. Right? Because I'm not really very skilled at woodworking. And so, um, so that was my vision of what was going to happen. That I'm going to help, but not in a way that could damage anything. And it was completely the opposite. He had me doing all kinds of things. He had me running lathes. He had me putting in these biscuit joints. He had me doing all this stuff that if, if I messed it up, that piece of wood would have to start over or the whole table would be, need to be redone. I was terrified. But I also had a very different sort of vested interest in what I was doing because what I was doing meant something. It wasn't just running to get coffee. It wasn't just checking to see if it was raining or whatever. It was working, participating with him in a way that made a difference. And I believe with all my heart that God is not just saying, well, I want you guys to help out, but it's not really helping. Right? I'm, I'm really doing everything, and you think you're helping, but you're not really helping, right? You're just kind of, you know, that's not what he's asking us to do. He's invited us to participate in a way that makes a difference. And that's why we take this so seriously. So missions, it's important. What we're doing means something. 
we've talked about it. it could mean out to our front porch or it could mean to the to the, the greater all the different places in the world and i want to show you in the bible where this comes from in john 17 13 through 19 it says this jesus is speaking i am coming to you now talking to the father but i say these things while i am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them i have given them your word And the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. So here's a verse we see saying... He's sending us. Jesus has sent us into the world. Okay, well, that's kind of vague, kind of big. What does he mean by world? Let's see if we explore some more scriptures, if this gets any clearer. In Matthew 28, 16, 20, a passage often called the Great Commission says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, and when they saw them, saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This is after the resurrection. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, so now we've got sent into the whole world and all nations. Okay. One more. In Acts 13, 47. This is right after Paul and Barnabas have gone and they were preaching to uh, a group of Jewish people and it says that the Jewish people began to get jealous and they responded poorly uh, to what Paul was saying. Uh, And and Paul says, well, we had to come and talk to you first, but now we're going to do something different. And he says this, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth into the world to all nations to the ends of the earth these phrases some people look back at those and say well those are all kind of context driven phrases or it didn't really mean the whole world it just meant what they knew even if that was true then for us it's still the same thing that means what we know what part of the world do we know seems like we know a lot more right what part of all the nations do we know part of the ends of the earth do we know Because Seattle, as we know it, didn't exist when this stuff was written. So in one sense, if you want to stick with that old one, you could say, well, Seattle's not part of the mission then. That makes me really sad, because I want to be part of the mission. I want to be in this. Okay, but the intent of these passages is as you go, as you know it, wherever you discover, wherever you may find yourself, and wherever I have called you, I think God would say to us. So that is why we have people who come from one place seattle and yet god has invited them or called them to go live in another place the holy spirit stirs something in their heart that produces a passion and a sense of mission to go and serve somewhere else some other country or within some other people group or maybe just vocationally they're going to go and serve as a missionary but it's the mission of god to reconcile all things to himself that drives this So what about our church? How do we participate in this mission of God to go to all nations, to the ends of the earth, into the world? Well, our church has supported missionaries since the very start. 
Steve Pakoda, who you got to hear share at our 40th uh, anniversary celebration downstairs, he, uh, I remember him telling a story about his mom, Esther Pakoda. And at the time, um, Steve's dad had passed away, and uh, he and his mom, Esther, were working on sort of uh, working through her financial situations and trying to trim some things down. And I remember him saying that as they did this, they were, you know, cutting out this expense in that category and reworking this one. And they got to the spot that said missions, and she said, non-negotiable. Can't touch it. I'll eat less food. I'll use less electricity. I will do whatever it takes. But that missions budget is not going to change. Steve himself was a missionary for a while in Germany. And so I'm sure he was saying, well, mom, if you cut that a little bit, Right? They'll be able to find someone who can give $50 a month. They'll be able to go, but that didn't matter. To her, it was, no, this is what I've pledged. In fact, I want to find ways to put more into that fund. And this has been part of kind of our history as a church, that we have supported missionaries and we have sent missionaries. There have been seasons where we were not able to support as much as we liked to. There have been seasons where it was very difficult. But we have always made it a priority to continue to support, both financially and prayerfully, the missionaries that we have uh, pledged to and the ones that we have sent. Uh, In your bulletin, there's a sheet of paper. uh, and, And on one side, I think it's got your space for notes. On the other side, it has a list of our missionaries we currently support. Uh, these missionaries are in various places throughout the world, including but not limited to the Asia Pacific, West Africa and the Congo, Thailand, Spain, Vancouver, Asia, Boston, Georgetown. We have two in Seattle, one in Bellingham, Sri Lanka, England. I'm going to say it wrong. I think it's Vacaville, California, and Burlington. There are campus pastors. There are people working with migrant workers and working in prisons. There are people training pastors. There are people starting seminaries. There are people working with troubled youth, outreach to Muslims, people doing medical work. There are people who go just to support the other missionaries. There are people running an orphanage, people translating scripture for people groups who don't have the Bible in their own language. And that's just the the kind of main title of what they do. Some of them are Assemblies of God missionaries, and some of them are not. All of this is overseen by our fantastic missions team who keeps track of all of this, organizes when missionaries are here, gets them to come by and say hello, helps us keep in touch with them. Our missions team is currently made up of Galen Shorak, Linda Carlson, and Angie DiLoretto. So that's kind of what our church does. But I want to post the question how you can be involved. Because these missionaries, oftentimes they give up a career here and they go uh, somewhere else where they don't have a job. Their job is to be a missionary. Now, some of them do have a skill that they take with them, and that, when they go, ends up being something they can use to help supply some income. The majority of them do not. And so they go and they raise support. They itinerate. They go around to different churches, friends and family, and they say, Hey, I'm wondering if you would like to support me going and doing this. Do you believe in what I'm doing? And so one of the ways that you can help support these missionaries is by giving. Our church has a missions giving option on all of our giving envelopes. Many of you already consistently give to missionaries. We're super thankful about that, and you use that envelope. But for those of you who don't know, there's an option right there, a way you can give. Um, 
But uh, you can also um, check on the bulletin, on the back of the bulletin. I think it's in the weekly email also. There's a spot where it tells you how we're doing in terms of our missions giving for that month. And that comes out each week where you can look at and say, oh, we need to reach this much. Oh, we're at this much. And sometimes even if you already give to missions, you might feel like, oh, that's pretty low for this month. Maybe I want to give more. Maybe you're not in a space where you can give monthly to missions, but you see that that's low or doesn't, no, that doesn't feel like it's where it should be. Maybe you want to give. We certainly don't want to limit you to only giving when you see that that is low. Uh, But for some of us, that's a good reminder. It's a good way to keep track of how we're doing. So financially is one way we can support our missionaries. The second way is through prayer. All of our missionaries, and and they will say this when they come visit us, they will say just as, if not more important, is prayer, right? They need prayer. And so you might find ways to prayer. Maybe if you gather uh, your family around uh, the table uh, to eat dinner and you pray before you do that, maybe once a week you can take this list that we've given you, just pick one missionary that you're going to say a quick prayer for, right? It's an easy way. You can teach your family about missions, um, but it's a great way to keep them uh, in prayer. Now, our final question, the one that I just started, is what can you do to help? So we've got prayer and finances. The next one is you could be on the missions team. Right? Our missions team would love to have more people to help out because we are expecting the amount of missionaries we support and the amount of missionaries we send to grow. We don't want it to just stay where it's at. We want that to grow. We want to be more involved in what's happening around the world. We want to be sending and supporting more. And so they're going to need more help. So if you're feeling like, wow, that's the way I'd like to serve. I'm interested in finding out what that's about. You can write that on your connection card um, and, and we can get you in contact with them. And then the, the last thing is to embrace that we are all missionaries. And that might mean for you that you might be called to go somewhere else. Some of you this morning, as you hear this, you might be like, wow, I didn't even know that, that, that this church had a strong connection to missionaries. And it's true because we don't talk about it a ton. But as you're hearing this, you might be, wow, I've been really been thinking about this place or I found when I'm praying, I often am led to pray for these people. And maybe that's God stirring in you something that you would like to investigate some more. And again, you can write that on your connection card. Now, those are some kind of more formal ways, uh, but I want to tell you a story about another way that someone supported missionaries that kind of worked outside of the, the, the box of what we typically think. And it's, it's a great opportunity because I get to brag about my wife, Angie, uh, for a moment. Um, Angie, uh, on her 40th birthday, uh, decided she didn't want to do just a kind of 40th birthday normal thing, um, but she wanted to do something different. And so we support uh, some missionaries, uh, Pat and Suzanne Hurst in uh, Congo, and they were in need of mosquito nets. They needed mosquito nets to, um, uh, to protect people from uh, mosquitoes who were bringing malaria. And so uh, Angie decided that what she was going to do was she was going to raise money to buy mosquito nets. So instead of any gifts or anything like that, she just emailed a bunch of people and said, hey, it's coming up on my 40th birthday. Uh, I'd really love it if you would give some money to this organization so they can buy some mosquito nets. They ended up raising $3,600 for mosquito nets, and that bought a lot of mosquito nets. And so they distributed these mosquito nets, and what happened out of that was that uh, there was a family pretty close to the church 
that was uh, really against the church, absolutely loathed the church and didn't want anything to do with them, was speaking against the church until they saw that the church was distributing these mosquito nets and that they needed a mosquito net and that this church gave them a family that they knew disliked them, gave them a mosquito net, and their hearts changed. Something happened in that. And so there are other ways where you can uh, support missionaries that maybe aren't just the normal, you know, financial or prayer, but maybe there's some other way you can do something uh, that, that you might have a little bit of an idea uh, stirring around in you right now. Um, we do take missions very seriously. We do take the mission of God very seriously. Now, He's called us to participate both in our neighborhoods. Uh, in our city, in our state, in our nation, and around the world. And so if you have any questions or any uh, ideas about how we can continue to support our missionaries, please, please write that on your connection card or get back to us. Uh, I'm going to invite the worship team up. Um, We're going to sing a song now um, called Build Your Kingdom Here. And there's kind of a couple reasons why I think this song is great for this morning. Is that one, um, in order to support missions and to send missionaries... God needs to work in us, right? There's something he needs to stir in us that we say, yep, I believe in what those people are doing. I'm going to support them in what they're doing. I'm going to give money. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give time. I'm going to make a petition to raise money for mosquito nets or whatever it may be. Our Kids Life ministry at one point gathered sheets to send to our missionaries so people would have beds uh, that had new sheets and stuff to to sleep in. So it, it could be anything. But so we need to change. The song says change the atmosphere. So something in us needs to change. But as we witness this weekend, there are people in our world who are crying out for something to be different. There's something that has happened in their midst and they are struggling. And so there's a way that we stand with them as they cry out and we cry out, build your kingdom here. They're crying out. Maybe not, they don't know it yet, but they're crying out for something to somebody to change. Build your kingdom here. And so we want to sing this song both for ourselves to change, but to stand uh, in solidarity, as Brian mentioned earlier, with people around the world who are suffering and crying out for God to come and build his kingdom in their midst also. So let me pray, and then we can move into that. Heavenly Father, we, uh, I give you thanks, God, for this time. I give you thanks for your mission of reconciling all things to yourself. God, that every single person, no matter what they've done, or where they've been, who they've hung out with, whatever, your love includes them. Your love is for them. God, and, and the people who we right now might even feel angry at, might be confused by, might feel hatred towards, you love and care for them. God, I mentioned earlier, raising up helpers. God, some of those helpers are the very missionaries that you have called us to support and you have sent from this church body. So we give you thanks for those people that you have raised up in those areas where there is darkness and where there is need. Pray you would help us to remember them and remember that we too are missionaries even in our own spaces that we are your sent ones, your ambassadors. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.